Nation. You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat. At the Warriors Roundtable. Left side, it's a three. In and out, rebound, out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7 the game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the break. Here's Kevin Dana. Right and Gary St. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean. And we'd like to remind you that the Warriors 2022-23 season is presented by Kaiser Permanente. Talk about All-Star Weekend, the buyout market, quote-unquote second half of the regular season that Golden State will play the final 24 games. If you want to hit us up, we're talking with you all hour long. Feel free to call us up, 888-957-9570. But let's start by talking about the All-Star game, and it was, well, not good, I think, by any way you look at it. I sat there, I DVR'd it, I was doing some other things during, I was having a family dinner, so I didn't watch the game live. And I went when I went back and watched the game, Gary, I, I was wondering why DVR'd this game because I was not entertained the halftime show was pretty good that was probably the the most entertaining thing about that entire all-star Sunday to me Uh, but on the other hand I can't blame the players like it's a long season and if I'm a player you're asking me to spend my one week off in an eight-month stretch potentially if I'm playing from October or late September potentially into the middle of June you want me to play another game with my one week off? Like, you know, on, on one hand, it's for the fans, but on the other hand, forget the fans. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to chill. I'm trying to spend time with my friends, my family, and I know it's an honor to be a part of All-Star Weekend, but I'm not trying to put more miles on my legs. So I can understand the player perspective, even though some players, Jalen Brown saying it, it wasn't basketball, it was a glorified layup line. So some of the players kind of voicing their frustrations with the game of Michael Malone, one of the, the head coaches of the All-Star game, saying, yeah, that was not a good product at all. But, but what do you take away from how kind of the All-Star game has developed or devolved, however you want to look at it? Kev, we've got problems. Now, the league is doing a fantastic job uh, promoting, advertising worldwide. Uh, this this is going to have to change, and it's going to take the players' input. Uh, that's one of the things we can take pride in is the dialogue between the NBA office and uh, the Players Association and come up with something that's amicable for all sides because you can't leave it like this. Uh, we might, It's like, you know, playing – the major league all-star game and playing slow pitch softball or playing two hand <laughs> touch playing uh, you know the the uh, football all-star you can't have this i mean uh i watched uh, for a grand total of uh, maybe 2 3 minutes and i saw lebron throw it off the rim backboard and then dunk and i said well that's terrific but after that i i, I watched guys that went from one walked from one three point line to the other three point line and that was the extent of their energy. So, uh, you know, the hey, we're going to talk about the excitement. With, I love Dame Lillard winning the three. And McClung, the guy who had a short period of time with the, with the Warriors winning the dunk. I didn't think the, the three-man thing was very exciting. But 
there's got to be some uh, talk here as to, and, it, and maybe it's going to be input from the fans. Maybe it's going to be input from organizations. But everybody's got to put their thinking hat on because, as you said, it's a celebration of uh, it used to be the halfway point. Now it's almost two-thirds. And, uh, you know, you gathered, and it was a fun weekend. But I, I just didn't like the look for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any fan out there who can say that they thoroughly enjoyed watching the actual all-star game. Like, the, the slam dunk contest was great. The three-point contest is all, always a, a good event. You know, you have the rookie-sophomore game, Rising Stars game, uh, the, the G League Next Up game, which featured Guy Santos, and he had a really good game for Team Scoot, 15 points, six, re- uh, six assists, four rebounds, no turnovers, though no one really turns it over in an all-star game unless you're trying to do uh, some, some crazy stuff. But uh, let's move on to the slam dunk contest because there is some Golden State connections there. You mentioned it. Mac McClung was with Golden State in Summer League and in training camp, and he won the slam dunk contest. He was about to be the first ever true G League contract player to participate in the slam dunk contest. Then he got a two-way contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. But the most impressive thing to me, Gary, is that he didn't miss a dunk, and, and that's kind of one thing that used to be counted against you if you missed a dunk, and then players would kind of get four or five opportunities. They they, they let them kind of you have that whole 60 to 90 seconds, however long it is, to, to complete their dunk. But Mac didn't miss. He, you know, he, he completed all four of his dunks. They were all just eye-popping dunks. And, look, we saw him in Summer League. He actually – the games we did together, Gary, actually the, the one game you – the one day you did with me, I think he was sitting out because he actually, there was a summer league trade. He went from the Lakers to the Warriors mid chase center summer league and and then played in Vegas with Mac McClung. But look, I mean, there was some graphic I saw today that his career earnings, $106,000 in the NBA slash G league. And he won a hundred thousand dollars for the slam dunk contest. So heck of a come up for Mac McClung. Well, you know, I'm thrilled for the guy. And, you know, I, I had to do some homework here. So, of course, I went to my son, Greg, and he, he said, Dad, this, this guy in high school was a big-time dunker. Well, I didn't know that. But I did watch him compete at Georgetown, and I loved the way he got after it. I just loved it. He was gritty. And, uh, you know, you and I talked about him in the summer. I think he, uh, he did a nice job when he was with the Warriors, and it was a numbers thing. Um uh, but maybe this, you know, you hope for the guy that maybe people will say, hey, you know what, maybe I missed a little something on this guy because we all know the way he competes. He understands or sees the floor well, and the fact that he can uh, finish like that is impressive. Some of those dunks were really well thought out and executed, as you said, to perfection. And I'll tell you what, I always know how good a dunk contest is because you always get, I don't know, 40, 50 of the players in the league and they sit around that half court. They sit on both front rows. Well, my gosh, they were jumping up and down and high-fiving him and whacking him on the bum, and they, they were having a blast with him. And he it was an experience you'll never forget. So kudos to him. We're taking your calls all hour long here on the game, 985-957-9570, and we go to San Mateo where Keith wants to talk about the NBA All-Star game. Keith, what's going on, man? 
Hello, good evening. Uh, yeah, I just think the All-Star game, I've got an idea, kind of like the NFL has progressed where there's no real game anymore. Let the All-Stars be named and everybody can clap and applaud and say, yep, my guy made the All-Star team. And then you turn around and let the non-All-Stars compete in some sort of a elimination just like the March Madness. Put them on the court, one quarter, five guys from each team, and the winner stands. And you just keep playing until you get eliminated. Ray, that's a darn good thought. <laughs> I like it. I was going to you know, go this way, that, yes, you get recognized for being voted on, and then you take a poll, uh, the league does. and they, We're looking for volunteers that want to compete and play. And we're going to give you a paycheck. It'll be substantial. But we're going to play hard, and we're going to try to win the game. Maybe go that route. I don't know where you get really young guys playing. Uh, but there's a lot of thought into what uh, this gentleman had to say, and th- that's what they're going to have to do. I, because you can't put that product out there again. I mean, that was an abomination. Yeah, and I'm sure that Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, and everyone else involved in kind of the higher-level decision-making with All-Star Weekend understands that what happened on Sunday is not a great look for anyone involved. I am curious, though, Gary, because you talk about there being a paycheck involved, and this is one thing that was asked to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, one of the All-Stars from this previous All-Star weekend. He said something to the extent of money talks, but Mm. and yeah, it definitely talks, but if you're making, like an All-Star right now is what, making 30 to 40 million dollars a year? What's an extra one to two million dollars that you would get paid to to play in this game? Well, again, I, I, I would go back to the players and say, who the heck wants to compete? And we'll we'll be fair. We'll we'll put some uh, yeah. nice dollars out there, but we can't have this. Uh, you know, I I'll go way the heck back to when with the Warriors, uh, early '90s maybe '91. Uh, Nelly and myself, Donnie Nelson, we got to coach the West. That was the year that uh, Magic had um, AIDS, and uh, some players were balking at playing with them. Uh, lack of education, and uh, Timmy Hardaway gave up his starting spot in the locker room. Uh, There were tears. Uh, We had a practice uh, the day before the game, and usually it's like just a shooting contest. Nelly had guys taping up because he wanted to get Magic to break a sweat, so he'd he'd feel pretty good, and the other teams were like all upset with Nelly that they're putting their star players through a practice uh, the day before the game, and uh, I'll I'll never forget it because during the intros, uh, the East squad one by one, when Magic was the last guy introduced, everybody came over, gave him a hug, and you know what, Kev, you're a historian. You know that he had a great game. He was the MVP, and uh, I, I remember Isaiah Thomas coming over and just at the end of the game gave him the ball and this huge hug and everything, and we were up th- 20 or 30, and I'm standing on the periphery of the huddle, and uh, he said, Coach, who are you waving to? And I said, well, that's, that's my wife, MJ, up there, and there's my mom from Chickabee, Mass., and my mother-in-law from Concord, Mass., and there's my daughter, Emily. So he's waving up there and says, hi, Emily, and that kind of thing. And I'm <laughs> saying, are you kidding me? This is like the Disney commercials. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got some great memories of it. But I hope they can resurrect it. There used to be yeah. such a fun weekend, concerts and 
gatherings, just phenomenal stuff. There'd be some, maybe some competition meetings. There'd be a players association meetings, um, coaches meetings. But guys love to go there with their families, and it was a great weekend. If it's going to be like that, stay home. You know, do something fun. Uh, great, great story there about Magic Johnson. I want to say that must have been, what, the 1992 All-Star game? Was it 92? Okay, yeah, you're right. Yep. So, so Somewhere right around there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's head out to Oakland where Will wants to talk about the slam dunk contest. What's going on, Will? Um, I just wanted to comment on something or, or ask your guys' opinion because you guys know more about this than I do. Do you think that somebody brought the slam, the slam dunk competition back into perspective? Because this was the first time in like three years that it was actually entertaining. Well, hey, good statement. I mean, I'm I'm going to take you way back when it started, and of course, you know, the stars all did it. You know, we had Michael Jordan out there, we had Dominique Wilkins out there. Uh, you know, I go way back watching Spud Webb at five eight winning the thing, and of course, we took a lot of pride when Jason Richardson won it twice. And, of course, uh, Vince Carter put on a show. I think it was the year when it was at the, the old Coliseum. It, it was. Yep, yeah. 2000. And, that, that, and, again, Kev, the, the players went berserk watching. Yeah. And just as that gentleman's sharing, this was fun to watch. I mean, it really, really was. You, you were standing up cheering. I mean, it was. So, I, hey, I'm, I'm all for that. And I, what a great selection because, Kev, help me. He was in the G League and gets a 10-day with Philly, but he was going to represent the G League. I, I just think that's terrific. Yeah, no, I mean, th- he was the G League Rookie of the Year last year. Uh, he has been a killer in the G League. He has killed Santa Cruz himself a couple of times, ah, a couple 30-plus point performances really? uh, against the C-Dubs. Yeah, he, uh, he basically eliminated the Santa Cruz Warriors in the postseason last year for his work with the South Bay Lakers. So I, I was really excited to, to see the replay of his dunks, to see him win the slam dunk contest. It, it was well-deserved, and you're right, Will. Thanks for calling. Really kind of, you know, Reggie Miller said on the broadcast, a G-Leaguer has saved the slam dunk contest. So anytime the G-League gets pub, yeah. obviously, I am very happy. Well, we got to take a break right now. Uh, we do have one more caller on the line. Brett, we will get to your question after this break, so please hold on if you can, but we got to pay some bills. Celebrate Filipino Heritage <laughs> Night on Warriors Ground. Join us live at Chase Center on February 24th as your dubs take on the Houston Rockets, presented by NBC Sports. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives standing by. Taking your calls, taking a look at the buyout market. One more thought on Mac McClung when we come back here on 95.7 The Game. If you've just joined us, don't worry. We saved your seat. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Curry behind the back. Wait, stops it. Pops on the way. Ridiculous three on the right sideline. Now, here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Sub Nation, AEW Revolution is coming to Warriors Ground. Don't miss AEW Revolution's debut at Chase Center on Sunday, March 5th. Get your tickets now at ChaseCenter.com. Taking your calls here from 6 to 7 p.m. on Warriors Roundtable. Let's next move to Brett in Walnut Creek who wants to talk about the second half of the season here for Golden State. What's going on, Brett? 
and uh, his call just dropped. So, uh, Brett, feel free to call us back up in case you still want to talk about the Warriors' second half of the season. We'll try to get you on. And for anyone else who wants to hit us up, 888-957-9570. So I want to make one more point about Mac McClung and winning the slam dunk contest because I know there's a, a lot of Warrior fans who have kind of made kind of the the Ty Jerome Mac McClung mm. comparison or having that debate some fans wishing that Mac McClung was on Golden State because he was in training camp with the team was very good in summer league and, and it's a it's a tough call I mean because you, you see what Mac McClung has done on the other side Ty Jerome's having a very good season for Golden State more than you could reasonably expect out of pretty much any two-way contractee like he has been very very good the, the the kind of the production per dollar that he is providing is just it's fantastic for Golden State there's no way around it and look Ty Jerome is a guy who Steve Kerr really trusts and Mac McClung is a very good player in his own right but he doesn't provide what Ty Jerome provides to Golden State as far as kind of a, a running the offense standpoint. Like, yeah, Mac McClung can handle the basketball, but he, I wouldn't consider him a quote-unquote organizer that Steve Kerr kind of considers Ty Jerome. And that's for a team that is 29th in turnovers, to have a steady hand like Ty Jerome is certainly valuable. Kev, you hit on it. The assist turnover ratio, which I think is huge, for whoever is coming off the bench uh, to run your club, say uh, late first, second quarter, uh, in a dream world, you want those guys to come in and increase the score uh, you're winning by. Uh, but don't come in there and throw the ball all over the place and decapitate people in the first and second row, and then we're down by 20-something. Uh, and I see McClung more as a scorer than I do as a guy, as you said, as a quarterback, or a point guard uh, savvy mind, uh, but I, you know, with winning this dunk contest, that's a legit conversation to have. And and frankly, Kev, you know it because you you see all these guys. It's hard now to make the league, and these guys are battling. And there's going to be a decision made, you know, with the fifty with him and in Lamb and and Jerome and Lamb and. Uh, you know what? Maybe it does take a year down there. And now people are revisiting McClung, and maybe he's going to get another shot if it's not down the stretch here. Maybe a, a great summer league again, and somebody has a need, you know? So uh, kudos to both of them. I, I, I like uh, what they're both doing. Well, you mentioned it, Gary. It's tough to make the NBA very tough. There's only one thing tougher than making the NBA, and that's staying in the NBA. Yeah. And, and so. You know, it's just that there are so few spots for all the talent that is out there. Well, I've been told we do have Brett back on the line from Walnut Creek. So, Brett, how's it going? Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, I love I, I, I love uh, Gary's enthusiasm on the All-Star game because I can remember as a kid watching Jordan and Healing going out like Malone and Magic. I mean, those were yeah. fun days, but they played for the love of the game. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, we, got, we live in an era of, of load management. And egos, and and unfortunately, that that's a big part to play. I mean, I, I don't even know what it would look like if you incentivize it to get them to actually rally up and, and give a game. I mean, what do you play a twenty-four minute game, and and so that they're not worried about hurting themselves or whatever it may be. And it's it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. 
my real take was was when we talk about the Warriors and the second half and what they need to do and what does that look like to get them back in the realm of not even just a play-in team but a top six team because I can see them doing it. But if I hear correctly that Curry is going to be out the first five to seven games, how is that going to play out? Thanks for taking my call, guys. Well, Brett, Walnut Creek guy down the road from me in Danville, and, and great points. Um, hey, Kev, did you know Original Joe's is coming to Walnut Creek? It is? Oh, I love Original Joe's. I am fired up. I am really nice. fired Okay, I'm thinking about my big belly. But let's get, <laughs> let's get back to what the Brett had to talk about there. You know, the, the, the all-star game thing, I, that's going to take a lot of discussion. It really is. But a good point is made about the second half of the season. I, I don't know if that's been formally announced or kind of conjecture that Steph's going to miss that many games. Hey, I'm going to start it off right away. This is a big game against the Lakers. Uh, they're going to be clawing to get back in. And I think they really helped themselves a, a lot with their roster. I thought the team, uh, you know, because I don't know when Durant's coming back, but I thought the Clippers really helped themselves. So, it, this is not going to be easy. Uh, you know, realistically, Kev, where are they now um, in the standings? Like the, the, ninth? They're ninth, they're ninth yeah. at 29 and 29. And but, the loss you know, column's the key for me. Yep. Yeah. And, and, so, and so, so can you get up to six? Sure you can. But it, it, it's going to take, I mean, you're taking care of business. You're winning at home, and you, you scrape some out on the road. Good news that Clay plates a back-to-back. And good news you think that Wiggins is going to be healthy again. we got to get all hands on deck. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. If you want to get the six, you got to get on a little bit of a run here and, and really, uh, you know, emphasize, you, Kev, you keep talking about it. On the offense, take care of the ball. But on the defense, you got to stop putting people on the free-throw line Play defense with your feet, communicate, defensive rebound, get in the open floor, let's go. This is not insurmountable, but it, is, it isn't going to be easy because of the crazy parity in the West. Yeah, well said, Gary. Brett, thanks for your call. And uh, to kind of answer your question, what's it going to take, Brett, I say at least 44 and 38 to get into the top six, maybe 45 and 37, just because, as Gary is saying, the Clippers, the Suns, the Mavericks have really upped their rosters with some with a nice influx of talent. And Sacramento, I, I can bet on them to hang around 500 the rest, rest of the way. I mean, like, play around 500 State. basketball for the final yeah. 25 games that they have. They're at 32 and 25, so that kind of puts them in the 44 to 45 win range. So you're going to be looking at 44 or 45 wins, and that means winning basically two-thirds of your games the rest of the way for Golden State. So that's kind of what it's looking like for Golden State for these final 24 games. We'll get into that a little bit more on the other side of this timeout coming up we'll take a look at the buyout market as well but for now 
Dub Nation, don't miss another home game. See the Dubs live at Chase Center on February 26th. That is this Sunday versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, presented by Johnson Controls. Get your tickets now at warriors.com or call 888-GSW-HOOP. Representatives are standing by. We'll talk about the buyout market and perhaps what Golden State could look at on the buyout market. Do you you convert a two-way? How do the Dubs use that open roster spot? And we'll take a deeper dive into the final 24 games of the Golden State Warriors regular season schedule right after the break here on 95.7 The Game. Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screened by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. Got it! On 95.7 The Game. Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. Here are the upcoming broadcasts presented by Ticketmaster. The Warriors exit the All-Star break with a game at Crypto.com Arena Thursday against the L.A. Lakers, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time with Tim Roy and Jim Barnett. Then the back end of a back-to-back at home, it's Filipino Heritage Night presented by NBC Sports Friday, February 24th against the Houston Rockets. The Rockets with the worst record in the NBA coming to town, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time with Tim Roy and Tom Tolbert. Sunday, it's Minnesota in the house, 4 p.m. airtime, 4.30 tip time. That is presented by JCI. Tuesday, February 28th, the Dubs take on the Portland Trailblazers at Chase Center, 6.30 airtime, 7 p.m. tip time. That game presented by Ross. And then the homestand continues with the L.A. Clippers. Thursday, March 2nd, it's Women's Empowerment Month night presented by Rakuten, 6.30 on the air, 7 p.m. tip time. We're with you until 7 p.m. Dan Devone riding solo from 7 to 10 here on 95.7 The Game. So if you have any more calls for us, feel free to hit us up, 888-957-9570. Again, 888-957-9570. we got about 15 to 20 minutes, a little under 20 minutes to, to talk with you here. So let's talk a little bit about the buyout market and what potentially could happen with Golden State. They do have that open roster spot, so they, they could add someone on the buyout market. They could convert one of the two-way contract guys, Ty Jerome or Anthony Lamb, into a full roster spot. But, Gary, you've been in this process before. Look, you need to sign a buyout guy by March 1st for him to be playoff eligible. So that date is coming up. That's a little more than a week away. But what goes into the thought process, Gary, of evaluating guys on the buyout market from a front office perspective? Well, we have an expression that we share with players. Do your work early, meaning box out or rotate to, to the help side. Front office has to do your work early. That means you're all set for this. You, you've got one through five or bigs and smalls, wings, whatever you want to say they are. You've got a list out there, and uh, you've studied things uh, upside down. You've talked to agents uh, and discussed it. Uh, evidently there was some discussion about Beverly. Uh, and I, I saw a list of bigs, but none of them made me jump out of my shoes. Uh, so I don't know. There, there's nothing special out there that you're going to get. Uh, but you do your due diligence. And if, in fact, the coaching staff comes to you and said, hey, we really think that guy can help us. You know, he, if we have an injury, we, we'd be comfortable playing him or it might be spot situation for him. But you're not going to get a guy who's going to be a difference maker in the buyout. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's what some fans certainly think is that, look, uh, X player you know, scored 15 points a game a couple of years ago. He just got waived so he can come score 15 points a game for Golden State. It obviously doesn't work like that. And this is something that Bob Myers has said in the past. There is not a whole lot of guys that you can add to the uh, the buyout market that are going to vastly improve your chances of winning the NBA title. There might be guys who improve the team around the fringes of the team, if you will. But for, you know, it's not going to turn a 29 and 29 team into a 50 and 32 team by the end of the season. Now you're right on. And, uh, you know, I guess the biggest, would you say the biggest name out there is Westbrook that he's, uh, uh, you know, going to the Clippers and he's going to get significant minutes, but you know, I, I, you're not going to change the stripes on a zebra's fanny here. I mean, this is, (laughs) these players are who they are. So, uh, you know, I, I, None of these guys that are out there really make me jump for joy. Do you think Patrick Beverly, he he said on his podcast that it was between Chicago and Golden State and he chose to go home to play for the Chicago Bulls. Do you think he would have helped Golden State significantly? No. I think he's better on his podcast than he is as a basketball player in the NBA. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Strong take there from the Saint on uh, Patrick Beverly. What, what about Kevin Love? Because that's another name that well, Golden State fans really were interested in seeing perhaps him play the rest of this season out. Got the buyout from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's going to the Miami Heat, so he's not available. But is, is that someone that you could, yeah. you could have seen helping Golden State? Yes, you, you're you you're getting a quality guy, a winner. He's, he's won a title with LeBron when they beat the Warriors, and uh, he's still got it on the offensive end. You know, back in his day, he could post up and pass and score. Uh, he can pick and pop and knock down threes. Your biggest deficiency there is him on the defensive end. Uh, that's kind of past him that's by, the thing. and that's the reason why he hasn't been playing in Cleveland. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and Cleveland has so many good defensive oh. bigs. When you think about yeah. Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, it just yep. they they are set there when it comes to good defensive bigs. So, yeah, best of luck to Kevin Love in Miami. Best of luck to Russell Westbrook with the Clippers. Best of luck to Patrick Beverly with the Chicago Bulls. Serge Ibaka, Dwayne Dedman, Nerlens Noel, big guys available. Uh. Thoughts on those guys for a potential Golden State match? Dwayne Dedman has played for the Warriors before. You know, Kev, you you traded Weissman, so it means you're committed to being small. It means you're you're committed to playing uh, a threesome of Looney, Green, and Kaminga. Could one of those guys take some minutes away from them? No. Uh, If anything, you might go with a 6'6 center with Lamb. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't see any of those guys knocking on the door and making big change for the Warriors. Yeah, and, and Tim Kawakami, we should mention, he came on 95-7 the game earlier 
this afternoon, and he he was on uh, Damon Ratto, Whitey Bulger, uh, filling in uh, for uh, Whitey Gleason. Excuse me, Whitey Bulger. Hey, that's someone I else. love that. <laughs> Whitey oh, uh, and, and Ratto today. Uh, but Kawakami from the Athletics said, "I don't think Steve Kerr is going to take almost anybody on the buyout market over Anthony Lamb or Ty Jerome. It's hard to see a buyout person that's going to jump over them." I would be inclined to agree with Tim on this one, Gary. Yeah, Tim's got a good pulse on things, and I think he's right. I, I think Steve's comfortable with what he's got. It's just got what he has has to be healthy and play better. And if they do it, they can get this done. And you and I have said this, I think, week by week by week. If, in fact, they can get up there to six. I don't think if I'm one, two, three, or four that I want to wind up playing the Warriors in a seven-game series where there's rest and preparation time. Uh, you still got to give them the respect of all these guys winning these rings. Apologies to Whitey. I did not mean to. Oh, no, uh, that's one of my. <laughs> uh, oh you. boy, you you got me there. I got fired up. <laughs> <laughs> did not mean to confuse you know, him I'm a Massachusetts with uh, one of the guy. Biggest... He's a legend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A, a legend for a, a lot of the wrong reasons. But uh, <laughs> we, we got about 10 minutes left here on, on Warriors Roundtable. And, and to look at the final 24-game push here for Golden State, I say they need to get to 44-38, and 38, maybe 45-37 and 37, to get to yep. the top six. Because, I mean, we, we talked about the, the play-in and – Obviously, I mean, it's a, it's a young thing, the play-in tournament, and nobody's come out of the play-in tournament uh, to even win a round in the playoffs. So uh, that would be a tough path to, to a repeat championship. So you want to get to the sixth seed where the Houston Rockets won the NBA title uh, the back end of their cool. repeat in 1995. Uh, so 44-38, 45-37, and 16 of the final 24 games – are against teams seeded 3 through 13 in the West. Mm. So, I mean, just massive, massive games. And, and then another three are against the Grizzlies and Nuggets. And then you also have home games against Philly and Milwaukee. So that's 21 of your 24. You've got uh, one against the Rockets. You've got one against San Antonio. Uh, and that's basically your schedule. So these games, starting with Thursday's game against the Lakers, just going to have huge implications because it's basically a two-game swing from here on out in just about every game Golden State plays. Kev, I like to say that you you want to have uh, Mr. Mo on your side, Mr. Momentum. And when you rattled off those next five opponents or whatever, I'm chalking up W's all the way to the Clipper game. So that means you win three or four coming out of here. And again, I'm going to say it again. You, this is a big game Thursday night down with the Lakers. You're expected to win uh, against Houston. And I've been very impressed with uh, Minnesota. I think they made a heck of a move getting rid of Russell, who they didn't want to sign to a long-term deal. And you bring in Connolly to quarterback your team. He's not going to give you 40 minutes, but he is going to run your team in a quality way. It's cleared space for Edwards to become more of a scorer. I think the guy is a tremendous talent. They've all done all of this without Towns, and uh, so you have to respect them coming in. But uh, as you noted, you've got to take care of business in these games. And uh, 
you know, I, I just I think the rest is going to do them good. It's going to clear their minds a little bit and their bodies uh, getting stronger and healthier. And uh, this is just going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, so, so the Minnesota, that, that, that could be one of those deals where it, it, it's a good trade for both teams because Minnesota yeah. does get to unload D'Angelo Russell. They gave up, but the Lakers in that deal got a ton, and Golden oh. State saw it firsthand. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt changed the game when he got good in defender. there. He, he was huge. Very good defender, fantastic rebounder, hustle player. He's, he's been one of my fav- 10 favorite players in the NBA the last couple of years just because of the effort he brings on a night-in, night-out basis. And, and I know that he was a, a, a trade target for Warriors fans, at least, at the trade deadline. He was someone that, that Warriors fans would have liked to have seen Jared Vanderbilt uh, be on Golden State, I should say. How much more formidable do you think the Lakers are post-trade deadline with those moves to get D'Angelo Russell back in a Laker uniform and to get some shooting with Malik Beasley and that offensive rebounding with with, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, not to mention the earlier acquisition of Rui Hachimura? Well, you know, I'm kind of on a hot streak tonight. This is addition by subtraction with Westbrook leaving. Uh, That locker room is going to be better. That's just my view on the thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's time for Davis to step up here. He's the key to this whole thing. Uh, you know, I listen, he's, he's been hurt so much. But when healthy, uh, a couple years ago, my son Greg was on that staff with uh, Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd. They won a ring in the bubble. Yep. So uh, it, with those two guys, LeBron and him, and now you've got some pieces with them. I, I think LeBron and Davis feel good about these guys that they've brought in. So you're saying to yourself, hey, if they're healthy, watch out. But they still got a good ways to climb. But I could see them getting in one of the final two play, uh, play-in uh, positions. They're 27-32. and 32. LeBron James said at All-Star Weekend, this is the most important 23-game stretch a regular season stretch of his career. So he is all in on trying to get the Lakers back to the playoffs. He hasn't missed the postseason in back-to-back years since his first two years in the league. So uh, certainly crunch time for the Lakers in addition to the Warriors. My big concern with respect to the Lakers game is how's the Warriors offense going to operate in crunch time? Because we've seen it in a couple of recent losses, especially against the Lakers, even though Jordan Poole had 17 fourth quarter points, nothing else besides him was really clicking in the fourth quarter. And then against the Portland Trailblazers, you're up four with five minutes to go. And then you you don't score for three and a half minutes to me, Gary, that that's going to be a big concern with Stephen Curry, not playing against the Lakers. Well, uh, that's the truth. That's well said. And and you've said it, and I've said it, and a lot of people have talked about it. Uh, Poole's going to be have to be at his peak efficiency, uh, kind of like he closed out last year. And uh, they need that in a big, big way. And there's no shortcut here. When he plays really well, when he takes care of the ball, uh, he makes some perimeter shots, he makes good decisions, his assists are up. Uh, the Warriors tend to win. And the yep. fact that Steph is out for a while, uh, you know, I don't want to put the weight of the world on the young guy, but if he <laughs> plays well, uh, it, it bodes well for the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, when Steph went out last March against the Boston Celtics in the regular season, had to miss last month or whatever it was of the regular season, 
the Warriors had some wiggle room. Like you knew that they were almost certainly going to make the playoffs at that point. They they were well positioned because they had stacked up 18 wins in their first 20 games and, and 28 and seven. I think they were after 35 contests, and so they had that that leeway. And Jordan Poole didn't have to feel the the weight of the regular season on his shoulders. It's a little different this time around. We got a couple of minutes left. Do want to finish off with a little bit of talk about the Houston Rockets because this is a game that the Warriors absolutely cannot lose. You have to take care of Houston. And here's the thing, Gary. They The Warriors have played 12 back-to-back sets thus far, and the Warriors have swept just two of those 12 back-to-back sets, and they got to sweep this one if you ask me. Back-to-backs are a lot easier when the second one's at home. Uh, True. That statistically is is well proven. Uh, and you know what? They're going to put it on the line. And, uh, again, I, I'm not the, the master of, of your guy over there in France. Uh, I'm going to call him Big W. Uh, <laughs> Victor Wembanyama. Let me tell you, they, he's, there's a tie-in between Houston and him. They're, they're going to yeah. play, but you're going to see a lot of players play. You're going to see guys uh, that are – you know that maybe get 30 minutes maybe cut down to 25 and uh, they're cognizant of where they are in this thing they know that them and San Antonio and Charlotte those teams are in there and there's a couple others uh, for the big race to get the big fella yeah no it's gonna be I think the most anticipated draft lottery night that we've seen in quite quite some time so i'm really looking forward to that night in may where we figure out where victor women is going to start his nba career well we are just about running out of time here on a warriors roundtable a quick prediction from you gary for the the five games coming out of the break for golden state lakers houston minnesota portland and clippers four out of five all right, four and one would get That's them to thirty-three and thirty. All right, well, I I would love to see the Warriors go four and one in their first five. That would make them three games above five hundred for the first time this season. So hopefully the O-W's. Warriors will be able to do that. Yep. So uh, the the chase in the second half begins on Thursday against the Lakers. So be sure to to keep it locked here to ninety-five seven a game. Listen to Tim Roy on the call and be sure to stay tuned for Dan Devone. He has you covered from seven to ten p.m. here on ninety-five seven the game. Big thank you to Cam Williams for running the show for us tonight for the Saint. I'm Kevin saying. Adios. Have a great evening, everyone. You've been listening to the Warriors Roundtable. Curry brings it through. One hand three. Up and good. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. That playful and nailed it. 95-7, the game. For tickets, call 888-GSW-HOOP.